This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. Look for their newest line, Pristine, the only complete line of pet food made with responsibly sourced ingredients. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org pets. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Good evening and welcome to Something About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Izette. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And I'm Rachel Jacobs. And we're your co-hosts through this weekly journey of all things fermented. Archived on Stitcher, iTunes, and right here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. It is Monday, October 23rd, I believe. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Okay, I got the date right. We're happy about that. Uh, it's been a long few weeks. Uh, we're still steadily ramping up at the Hammer Brewing Company. Again, I read our, our, the thanks and appreciation that we have for the appreciation of the people that have been coming through. Uh, getting to know our neighbors has been pretty awesome, and uh, I'm delighted to be back in the brew house and creating things from concept to glass. Um, I am also really excited that we just uh, we're I can't we just finished the middle of. New York Cider Week. It's uh, ciderweeknyc.com. Um, there are a bunch of events happening this week. Um, if you go there and check it out, including here on Heritage Radio Network, there is a panel of still cider makers going to be on uh, Beer Sessions Radio tomorrow at 5 p.m. Uh, stick around and listen to that because it should be pretty inter- interesting. But also, kind of this overlapped with uh, New York Rye Week, the first ever New York Rye Week, and I was able to serve some things over at NY Distilling, or New York, New York Distilling. Um, some really great panels and education things came out of it. I hope, to, hope that we can do this uh, every year, and it's been a, loads of fun on that, and I've been having fun brewing with rye and exploring rye. The spiciness of rye and the, way, the ways it can be expressed is pretty, pretty fun and delicious, and finding a balance on it is groovy. And I will say, even if you're not in New York City, to uh, to check out some of the samplings and events for Cider Week, this is the perfect season to to explore cider. So use it as an excuse to uh, get out there and try something new that you haven't had. Rachel. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so... Um, this is not for a while, but it's a good time to start your ferments for the Ferment Ferment Festival uh, going on on November 18th. Uh, and it's uh, Saturday, November 18th from 1 to 4 p.m. in May Day Space in Brooklyn. So if you have anything planned, it's a big potluck fermentation meetup. So it's a good time to start those misos or any brews you might want to bring to that event. And that is, if you want to find out more, you can go to fermentferment.wordpress.com. Also coming up sooner than later, November 4th is Learn to Homebrew Day from the American Homebrewers Association. So if you would either like to teach someone to homebrew, homebrew or if you yourself are interested in homebrewing, check out homebrewersassociation.org. They have, not only can you register your event, but you can find an event in your area. Last year they had uh, 300 registered sites and 6,232 gallons of beer brewed wow. for National Homebrew Day. Um that we're actually hosting a um, 
a homebrew competition at the brewery. It's Brewstoria from That's Queens, right. New York, is doing it this Saturday. It just remind me to um, that there are competitions going on all the time, and that can also be found out on homebrewersassociation.org. Uh, they have a list of all the competitions that are going on. Uh, that that one at Brewstoria this this time is excluding cider and meads, um, but in contrast to our guests today, our our guests today are pretty all inclusive, doing all sorts of ferments, and we're really excited to have them. One of New York City's newest breweries, uh, but it started as a juicery. Uh, well, let's talk a lot about that. Welcome to the show, Danny Oliver and Kevin Brothway. Hi, hi. <laughs> Hello, good night. <laughs> Hello, good night. Um, let's talk about your good morning. So how did how did Island to Island Brewery come about? What did it start as? And who are you? How did you get into fermentation? Wait, that's so many questions. Oh let's my start God. with one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got them all. Yeah. Um, so good morning. Uh, Island to Island Brewery got started a while ago because I was fat, sick, and nearly dead no trademark infringement <laughs> intended. Um, I wasn't doing good. I was in a really bad place um, health-wise, and I thought that what I was doing was working for me, and I didn't know what was going on in the food industry. I didn't know that things like maltodextrin in my vitamins were making me fat and sick and uh, unable to function, and um, I got pregnant. I started to make changes, and I started to educate myself about what my body needed to function, and as I made those changes, my body reacted very positively. And um, it started with juicing, taking in more natural foods, um, paying attention to where my food came from, and making juices out of it. And I was a bartender before that. And so I just naturally kind of crafted concoctions out of that. And people started asking me for more and more of it. And I noticed that the juice would change over time. And so I started reading books like uh, Speed Brewing and other things about how to ferment and going to bitter nesters and learning about that fermentation process and realizing that it was really like this seed to spirit experience that was happening with food without us even doing anything to it. And then my parents thought I was going crazy for a while because I would always make them taste it until they started having memories pop up in their mind about what their grandmothers used to do, how they would take sorrel for the season and they would make juice out of it, but then they'd always take a little bit and put it on the cabinet in the side and put something called East in it. And it would, you know, if they drank it, make them go to sleep later on. So and your was, parents are from where? They're from Trinidad and St. Martin. So this is like a, a normal thing that we do back home in the Caribbean. We make uh, Christmas wines and we take them home to um, like different family houses and we share our beers, what we call wine back home with each other. So it was a, it was a normal thing for us. They didn't talk about it here because, you know, you buy your alcohol in the store here. So that's how it got started. I was sick. Then I started getting healthy, living off the land. My parents thought I was crazy. Then they saw what I was doing. They started to have memories come up again. And they realized that this was just the process that our family had been doing for a very long time. And because of the demand that people put on me on social media to give it to them and tell them what I was doing, I was kind of forced to start a business. <laughs> So you guys started as a juicery. Yes, we started as a juicery. So let's talk about the transition, because we've talked about this before, and it's fascinating. It's always fascinating to build any kind of business from the ground up, but especially anything in alcohol. And in New York City, it's even more difficult, I think, because of all the extra zoning requirements and everything. But how did how was the transition from brewing to 
Um, I mean, from, from juice, juicery. just a juice to both a juicery and a brewery. Uh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was not easy. Um, we started as a juicery, which, you know, most people think is easy and simple. It's not. Like, there's so much regulation in terms of sanitation and how to make the juice and the temperature of the juice and where it's produced. That that in itself was a whole bunch of regulation. We, we even got, like, bottles of juice just dumped by the Department of Agriculture and Markets on us, which was really depressing. Um, and from there, it naturally progressed into having yeasted bacteria, kombucha, made out of the juices, um, which was really tea, right, um, that fermented. And that freaked the city out even more than the juice. Like, So you guys were under Department of Agriculture when you were a juicer? No, no one knew who we belonged okay. to. They couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out if it was DOH or Department of Ag. So just no one would touch us. They were just like, we don't know what you're doing. We don't understand it. Stop. And we're just like, well, we don't know how to stop. And we know it's not illegal because other people do it. We just had to figure out how to do it. So there was a period of stopping and going, stopping and going and figuring that out. And um, it got to the point where DOH came in and put their hands on their shoulder and they're like, we told you to stop doing this and <laughs> don't do it anymore. Uh, so it, it, it fell on us to then educate the city about what we were doing. And, you know, even, you know, find sources, find FDA sources, find things that said that kombucha was safe, you know, even, you know, referencing KBI, um, that was part of the process. And then moving into the alcohol part, even that confused people. They're like, well, how can you have juice and alcohol? They're like, time. That's it. It's time yeah. and air. And in the air is the magical creatures called yeast that transform this you know, nectar that's full of nutrients and minerals into something that helps the body to relax. Not just heal, but to relax as well. And that's an important process. Cool. Yeah. When you, when you started making these sorrel things or when, you, when your parents started being reminded of memories things, how far did, have you dove into the, the history of your, of, of, of your traditions? Um, well, I was actually fully engaged in it. Um, for a very long time and wasn't even aware of it. Um, like, I'm kind of writing a post now that's like the first drink that we've ever made that made us know we were gonna make drinks for the rest of our lives. And I was in Trinidad at home with my family and we were cutting sorrel, which no one told me had like pricklies in it. And so my fingers were full of like this fiberglass pricklies and we were just cutting sorrel the whole evening away, bonding with each other. And um, I, then it turned into juice. And from the juice, my aunt put the yeast in it. We call it yeast back home. <laughs> um, and she put it in the fridge, and then it was bubbly the next day. And I was like, this is magic. How did that happen? She made a sorrel lager that didn't take much time at all. And so from the time I was young, I was engaged in this process. No one called it by a special name. No one called it fermentation. It was just, this is the harvest, and this is what's left over from the harvest, and this is how we preserve it naturally no one had a name for it it wasn't something that was done as a business just every family had their own way of doing it even without recipes it was like how much are you putting it i don't know just this much <laughs> enough enough for the bubbles enough yeah, yeah. You put enough speaking of enough how much are you are you making right now and what tell us about your system and and the kind of facility that you're working in okay so the system right now is one barrel 
Um, in terms of fermenters, we can do six barrels at one time. Uh, it was a hard process. So you, are they all one barrel fermenters? So we have two 1.7 barrel fermenters. We have uh, a 30 gallon plastic fermenters, two 15, one 14, and then buckets everywhere. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So with, with, with the buckets, they're five-gallon buckets, so are you doing, like, big batches and then splitting them down? And then are you ever uh, separating them and doing different things to the different with buckets? With the buckets, it's more going to be um, ciders. One week turnaround, maybe less than a week, three or four days, because it, it ferments so fast, and we could just keep reusing it. What kind of yeast are you what kind of yeast are you, yeast. <laughs> are, you, are you using? Are you using on your cider? Um, Is it cider week? For the cider, uh, American ale yeast. Mm-hmm. A lot of American ale yeast. Um, we have the you're crazy, which is uh, sorrel, apple cider, hops, cinnamon, and American ale yeast, which we have a sample for you guys later. We like samples. <laughs> it's true. So you guys have a cup. I had a lot of it last night. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> Did you go to the brewery? I did. I ended up going to Island to Ireland last night to do some research, and I got to have the You Crazy, and it was really good. We had a lot of it. (laughs) Do you remember any of your research, or was it one of those? (laughs) I remember the stuff that tasted good. It was all of it. (laughs) And you guys have another cider on tap right now, Purple Rain? Purple Rain, yes. That one ran away from us. (laughs) So, so, um, like she was saying, when we were making juices... um, we would just, you know, have it for a certain amount of time and have to throw it away. And then she came in one day and was like, hey, let's add some cider yeast to it. I was like, no, we're not doing that. Just throw it out. She's like, no, we're going to do it. I was like, okay, whatever. You do whatever you have to do. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to say I told you so. (laughs) It worked out. So she said, I told you so. (laughs) Yeah, so Purple Rain is our purple heart juice from House of Juice, which is one of our more popular juices. And it's been preserved as a cider. Awesome. And it it is purple. Really purple. Naturally. Are are you still making uh, straight juices as House of Juice? Yes, House of Juice still does exist. Um, Unfortunately, uh, location, location, location. Uh, House of Juice was not right for the location where the brewery, juicery, fermentary is, Mm -hmm. but it is right for the city. And so we have a lot of corporate customers who really want healthy options for their events. And so that's where House of Juice has thrived. And House of Juice turned to House of June before you, you turned into Island to Island. Yeah. yeah so I met you when, when we were House of June, and you're very much pushing the June. Explain what June is really quickly. So, uh, no, Jun. Jun, sorry. J U N, like run, is uh, it's a fermented beverage that's much like kombucha. It's a probiotic soda made from green tea and honey. It's very light, it's kind of like the champagne of kombucha. And it ferments very aggressively, and it eats alcohol. So if you're drinking too much and you need to sober up, or you don't want to have an, a hangover the next day, you drink Jun. It aggressively <laughs> eats alcohol. And we, the, the evidence of this is the fact that it ferments in three days as opposed to three weeks like kombucha. So the bacteria aggressively consumes the alcohol that the yeast produce. And it's been one of our flagship ferments. Very cool. With that, we are going to take a quick break. Thanks for listening to Foment About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
This episode is brought to you by Castor and Pollux, maker of America's number one organic pet food, Organics. You put a lot of care and thought into what you eat. After all, you're a food radio listener. That thoughtfulness goes hand in paw with how you feed your pets. Purposeful pet food doesn't happen by accident. Castor and Pollux scours the earth to carefully select the best organic and responsibly sourced ingredients. New Pristine from Castor and Pollux is the only complete line of pet food made with ingredients that are responsibly raised, caught, or grown. Feed your dog or cat the new standard, like grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, and vegetables grown without synthetic fertilizers or chemical pesticides. Pristine from Castor and Pollux. Purposeful pet food. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org pets. Welcome back to Pimenta About It, HexRadioNetwork.org. We're here in the studio with our friends Danny Oliver and Kevin Bothwaite of House of Juice, House of Jun, and most importantly and most recently, Island Island Brewing Brewery. Island Island Brewery, not Brewing Company, right? Brewery. Island Island Brewery. Brewery yeah. And you can visit them at where? Where's the, what's the address? 642 Rogers Avenue in the Prospect Lefferts Gardens neighborhood of Brooklyn, a.k.a. Flatbush. Which is a pretty cool place to, to be to have it and to, to have something like this. Uh, you get a lot of neighborhood people, and you are hosting events. One of them being a lip syncing event uh, coming up. What's 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 going on with that one? That's a fun one. So it's our Halloween lip sync and brew competition. Uh, it's our way of bringing two different communities together, both the beer enthusiasts and the people who don't necessarily know. You know, how beer is made, what goes into beer, what is beer. Uh, so music enthusiasts. And um, you can choose from two categories to, to compete in. It's either music, you lip sync your favorite artists, you dress up, you perform, and you've got to make the audience believe that you are that band. Or you choose the beer category and you still dress up, but you perform a beer commercial and make the audience believe that they're watching that commercial. And if you choose a New York City brewery to make a commercial about, wink, wink, you get extra points because none of us have commercials. hey <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and that's this Friday. Um, yes. Oh, at, at what time? 9 p.m. 9 p.m. All right. So audience, be there or be uh, square or... Yeah. Squared. Or, yeah, I Island Squared. squared. <laughs> Awkward segue to I actually I want to talk about one of your new <laughs> beers on top. Um, the Island Squared Wild Saison. Um, so I went to the brewery yesterday and um, some of the ingredients for this beer were just kind of like hanging out on the counter in like a lovely display. Can you tell us a little bit about this beer? Uh, so this is a sugarcane grass water beer. And people keep asking us, like, oh, like, is it, like, sugarcane flavored? And we're like, no, it's sugarcane grass water. It's the actual water from the sugarcane grass. Think about wheatgrass. You drink that for nutrients. You drink uh, sugarcane grass for the same nutrients. And we took 30 gallons of that water, a.k.a. juice, and we fermented it wildly. So it was left to sit for a while to its own devices, to its natural yeast, and ferment and then we actually added Brett and Saison to it to help it ferment a little further and within safe conditions. And this is a completely 100% 
grass water beer, aside from the hops that we added to it. We didn't add any grain, so it's gluten-free. We didn't add any other um, fermentables or sugars, anything to that. It's just 100% what it came from naturally, which is very indigenous plant of the Caribbean. Yeah, and this is beautiful, like, clear beer that's, well, not clear exactly, but, like, has clarity to it. Um, and, yeah, it's, like, very alcoholic also. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, like, 8%. Yeah. yeah, so I tried to not have it go so far, but when it comes, so it's not a fruit or a vegetable, it's a grass. But when it comes to things that are, uh, like, produce fermentables that you don't have to extract the sugars from it like you do with malts, uh, it tends to go a lot further, kind of like how yeah. ciders They're and more, It's more are. fermentable sugars. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the sugars are more available to the yeast. So they just keep going at it. And we got this Indian summer. So it was perfect for the Saison, but it just kind of kept going and going and going. And we had like a lull where we're like, okay, it's done. It's 6%. It's perfect. It's, you know, beer ABV. And we just couldn't figure out how to get it out to the public, whether we we're going to bottle it or keg it. If we're going to send it out to other bars. And so it had an extra week to just kind of sit and, and age and get all nice and cozy in its fermenter. And it ended at 8%. How do you, how do you get the, uh, the water from the sugar cane? Are you, are you grinding it in the same way that you would wheatgrass? Um, yes and no. So yes is grinded the same way that wheatgrass is grinded, but much larger scale. So you couldn't do it in the same like small juicers. It's an actually like huge box, like maybe like a two foot like a two foot by two foot box that has a really heavy metal press in it so it is naturally cold pressed but it goes through this metal press and juice shoots out one end and the husk goes out the other end it's it's like wheatgrass times a (laughs) hundred so is that is that box you only use for the sugar cane yeah it's a special sugar cane press we saw these in southeast asia in hong kong they have them and they were they had like just carts that that's all they did is well they had them in other little sidewalk places but they had carts that that's all they did is the sugar king juice and it was a big metal box yeah. and the, the the husk and all the fiber would come out one side and then the juice would come out in the cup yeah. so yeah i yeah it, it was <laughs> fascinating i had no idea when we first saw one i had no idea what it was i'm like what are they doing cuz you could see all, like all the scraps around anyway pretty cool because yeah. sugarcane is pretty durable yes that's pretty nifty so you don't use it for anything else what there's it's nothing just I can the, think one, of machine the one machine for the one produce item yeah yeah it's fun it's I like want, when I you have one. the machete for the um coconut water right. you don't use that machete for anything else but right. to cut coconuts that makes sense coconuts are the other thing do you do uh any coconut ferments I want to, but coconuts are not as cheap yeah. in yeah. Um, New York yeah. as they are in Trinidad. Trinidad, they're kind of free. They're like all around the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in New York, they've got to be imported, and where all coconut water is illegal in America, so there's all these other logistics. And uh, I just came off of three illegal business stints. I think yeah. I want to kind of like rest for a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> make a little profit, and then think about jumping through another hurdle. Raw coconut water is, so did you, people must pasteurize the coconut water, yeah. then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. But when you buy coconut, like young coconuts that have the water in them, those are legal. Those are legal, but they're but also just expensive to, ex- to ship. Yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. I, so my grandma turned 100 last year, we had a family reunion, so I bought coconut. 101 a month ago. Yeah, but I bought a box of raw coconuts at the farmer's market. This was in Atlanta. And um, 
but man, we had a heck of a time. We did not have a machete, so we had a heck of a time. Like we drilled into them with the drill, but it was kind of <laughs> a ridiculous. Drill and then put straws through the yes through the, through the holes. My mother found that the best way is to like put it in a bag and just smash it with a hammer, and that usually works pretty well. Yeah, and the bag doesn't bust, right? No, the bag does not bust. Oh, nice. But yeah, those yeah. Challenging sugar cane. That I also bought sugar cane actually for the kids to chew on, and we also had a difficult time with that. The chewing part is what I did when I was a kid. Yeah, I love that. I can remember. Well, I don't know where I was, but I was a little, and we did it somewhere. Yeah, and it was awesome. So, anyway. you do have a, a, a great diversity into the different ferments that you do, though. Uh, maybe it's not coconut, but tell us about some of the other ferments and kind of where you've explored and where you kind of want to explore next, perhaps. <laughs> Or what? Do, what are in the, what are in your six fermenters right now? Uh, nothing. Nothing. We're still <laughs> upgrading. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Because you guys just upgrade. You just move from a half barrel to a barrel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're in the literally in the middle of an upgrade now, um, and our brewer is like itching, like he's posting the yeast that he's getting ready, and he's like ready to go, but the controller is just. Yeah, the controller is giving me some problems. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, that's my master electrician over there. Um, in terms of the kind of ferments we've done, I mean, this one, like publicly on social media, just kind of banned me from doing so many ferments. No, 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 that's that's not true. I didn't say you couldn't do ferments. I said, do not put your ferments in my new kegerator. I can't put my, keg, my new kegerator is for kegs, not bottles and bottles and bottles of stuff. A little segue. We just got new equipment, and we switched it out on Saturday. So the two old refrigerators were just full of bottles. No labels, no nothing. Ooh, that and sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like and she spent, she spent two hours just opening, trying for you know things not to explode or um, smelling what it is. And I was like, okay, no more. You buy your own refrigerator, put it in the basement. You put all your test batches in there. Leave my tap room alone and, and don't touch it. So to answer the question, <laughs> um, so I've done a, a rice grapefruit beer, Ooh, um, fun. which is a beer because there is grain, Great. there's rice. Um, and I actually got laughed at. Someone was like, is rice beer? That's not beer. Um, but anything fermentable that's not apple, pear or grape is beer. By law. By law. Um, so that was one of the fermentables I did. And then I actually tried to push it into a rice wine. And so that just exploded on me on Saturday. Oh, no. It was awesome. <laughs> it tastes really good. I just strained it out. Um, I've done, flavors. I've done uh, a tamarind, uh, forgive me, plouquet, right? Polke. Polke. Yeah. Um, off of your book, Mary. Um, and I was trying to make it really good. And I gave it to my parents and they were like, No. This is not how you make tamarind anything. Um, because I left the seeds in it. Oh. And so they were just like, no, this, no. It brought up like really bad memories for them. So I remade it without the tamarind seeds. And I put some scotch bonnet in it with some chili flakes and some salt, pepper, sea, sea salt. And that's been one of my favorite ferments to give to people just for free. Like, hey, taste this different thing that you don't know what it is. Um, watermelon saison. Watermelon saison was my favorite uh, ferment. We wanted to make a watermelon beer, and we tasted some that were on the market, and there was no watermelon in them. They were just like watermelon flavored or 
watermelon-esque from the hops. And so oh, we just made printed a, it on the can, watermelon. <laughs> just printed <laughs> it. Um, and so we made a beer that had 32 pounds of watermelon in it, and it was only 14 gallons. So 32 pounds wow. of watermelon, and it was very watermelony. It made you feel like if you were a juicer, which is what I always think about. If I'm a juicer and I'm on a juice fast, and I want to be social, what would I drink? And it was a watermelon rye saison, hickory smoked rye saison. So it was, I had brisket and I had watermelon all at the same time while getting my booze on. So. That's all right. Yeah. I'm trying to picture, like, that's fascinating. <laughs> it sounds delicious and I wish I would have tried it's it. It's an afternoon barbecue. All I want to go back, I want to go back to the rice though. How did you do the, how, how do you, how, what's your favorite way to work with rice? So I didn't do it like sake. Like people were like, oh, it's like sake. And I'm like, no, it's not like sake. Sake has a fungus on it. Mm-hmm. It's a special yeast that you use. I didn't do that at all. I basically did what my grandmother did. I cooked. I literally got some rice and some mint and I put it in a pot and started cooking and I suck at cooking. Like, he's the cook. He's the chef. I just deal with liquids. So I'm here pretending to cook. And I just cooked my rice. I added my herbs. I added my, um, my spices. And I added some fruit. Um, I did strawberry and cranberry in it. And I just fermented it from there. Uh, nothing special. I didn't spit in it. I didn't add any enzyme to it to the first one. And it worked out. The second one I did at the alpha alma, amylase. alpha amylase yep, yep. to it, um, and that just helped it ferment a lot faster. You probably got higher ABV. Yeah, yeah. Probably higher ABV. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't do anything special other than add a little bit of enzyme to it. Um, I didn't use the fungus or anything like that. I just treated it as if it was just any old beer, just using different ingredients. Yeah. Just, you know, fermenting the harvest. I haven't done that much with rice. I did use rice powder solids. That's kind of my... For the Biahoy. Yeah. That's my cheater rice. Um, but that's rice is something I'd like to explore more of. Yeah, I do. I want to explore different kinds of rice. Yeah. Especially forbidden rice, black rice. Mm-hmm. I really want to dive into it. Because mm-hmm. rice is something that we eat a lot in my culture. Yeah. So, yeah. And I had... I, I have to look this up, but I feel like at GABF or somewhere, we had a rice beer... That was using rice. I think it was from a Florida brewery because they grow a lot of rice there, and they actually use some of the rice that it, you know is grown in that area. So we do grow a lot of rice in this country. So wait, in, we do. We've yeah. been trying to find a local rice producer. I think only in like well, probably not here, but in the southern state. I, okay. I'm pretty sure they do in Florida and maybe some of the other southern states. Okay. So is my guess. Yeah, because there's that we got that rice anyway. We've we've made we make um, risotto in our pressure cooker in the. Winter time, and I got some rice, and you, you can use normal rice. You don't have to use special risotto rice. Um, anyway, but and I think it was from North, from one of the Carolinas. Nice. So. Nice. Does Bob's Red Mill do rice? They probably do. Check out Bob's Red Mill. <laughs> <laughs> one of Heritage Radio Network sponsors. <laughs> we do love all their products. We, that's true. <laughs> we, are, we are kind of a, but their pancake mix, yeah, especially. Oh, we're at Walmart, that pancake mix. Anyway, have you ever brewed with pancake mix? I think we should try that next. They do make Ooh. rice. They do make rice, we found out. Pancake rice. Oh, yeah, they do the wild rice. Of course wild they have rice. those. Breakfast stout. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, Breakfast stout. people are, are, brewing, are brewing with donuts. We could do yeah. pancake. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gluten-free. With maple <laughs> syrup. <laughs> I know some so, brewers so, hate when you make brew- beers that like taste like food, but Sometimes. I'm like really into it. They're chatter monkeys. 
Yeah, did you guys ever have, there was a Ben and Jerry's collaboration with one of the local breweries and they made like an ice cream stout and it actually tasted amazing. I just had one at Catfish the other day. I can't remember the brewery, but it was a chocolate stout with strawberry. It tasted like ice cream. It was amazing. Oh, my oh okay, I'm new cr- Belgium brewing. Yeah. I'm going to correct myself. I think that some rice is, is grown in Florida, but it's mostly in Arkansas, California, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, and Texas. Texas. Huh. Jemaya, Texas. Yes. There you go. Uh, you guys have a kitchen uh, in Island to Island Brewery, um, but uh, are you guys making food there, or is it more, mostly pop-ups here and there? Or is there a plan to? Uh, I used to make food there, but uh, it became more of a, a job than fun. Yeah. So we are looking for pop-ups. Um, we had a pop-up there over the summer. Uh, it was biscuits and uh, beer. So you would do like biscuits with like fried chicken or pulled porks and things like that. Mm-hmm. That went very well. Um, so if anybody is looking for a place to do a pop up, we're available. <laughs> There's a dishwasher, an oven, <laughs> new refrigeration. Right on. Um. Uh, what do I have to say about it? So uh, you guys are going to be one. With, you're going to get the one barrel in action very soon. Or it already Hopefully is. Hopefully by the end of the week. Hopefully by the end of the week. And this is a this is a an electric system. Yes. Electric system, and you guys are brewing it in the basement. Something I find dear to my heart. Uh, yes. Having spent a few years in the basement, the inebriated brewing Morlock uh, coming out the basement. Only to say hi to people here and there. Uh, so the temperature control, you guys are are. Uh, how is the temperature control on on your uh, fermenters? So we're. Uh, Gonna like do a glycol system. Yeah. yeah, they're jacketed, so we're gonna do glycol system on it. Um, we were thinking about building a room and mm-hmm. having a temperature control, but that's probably gonna be phase two. Yeah, because we're like we want to crank out. We got our fermenters, got a few uh, kegs today. Gonna get some more kegs in like a week or two. So right now we're just itching. Yeah, and most of what you're selling is uh, from your location, um, but you hope to be uh, with those kegs. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, we'll see you guys around the city. More. Yes, very yeah, soon. And hope uh, so. do you guys have a website? Yeah, islandtoislandbrewery.com. And if you want to visit, the tap rooms open. What days? Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, uh, Wednesday to Thursday we open at 4 p.m. and Friday, Saturday, Sunday we open at 2 p.m. People who like to, you know, hang out in Prospect Park and then come over for a beer. We're yeah, open earlier. Yeah, because you're only a couple blocks from Prospect yeah, Park. Yeah, three and blocks. you're close to the Q train, the two and the five train. Yes. And when we go from our house in, Saint, in Williamsburg, we take the B44 Express bus. Yep. The SBS <laughs> bus. Right there. Right I, there. Yeah, it's, that S, those SBS buses are brilliant because they're really fast. You know, as much transportation... As, as there is around us mm-hmm. and how close we are to like the museum and mm-hmm. the park we get like excuses from people all the time about like oh it's so difficult for me to get there oh I'm trying so hard to get there and we're just like but we're here at your location from where we came from so why is it so difficult yeah. so ladies and gentlemen it's not difficult go to the park go to the museum go to the gardens and then come have a beer with us in our garden you've got an open air bar you've got a temperature control lounge an outdoor courtyard like I hope that like I thought about everything you could possibly want and need 
in a relaxation spot, including games like Jenga and pick up sticks. And you guys have cool yeah. places to eat around. Yes. You guys have cool places yeah. to eat around, too. Yeah, and so. we allow people to bring in outside food. Like, we want you to come and support the neighborhood. Like, it just got deemed um, Little Caribbean. It got zoned Little Caribbean. And there's, awesome. like, ton of Caribbean food places all around. Yeah, because I have I marked some on my my. I keep Google Maps. I use Google Maps to keep track of, you know, all the places I want to go. So I have some <laughs> marked. <laughs> yeah, go to Zoraili, go to Mango Seed, get some food from there, and then come by and drink your beers with us and awesome. eat your food and, you know, offer us a little taste. You no, know, we got to get back as soon as... As the fifth hammer calms, absolutely. Your, calms down your, a little your bit. Your beers and the flavors that, that you, you go for and, and achieve are very inspiring. Thank uh, you. Thank very you for doing much. what you do. I appreciate that. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, and more transportation. Uh, this is just not to, not to plug some of my friends who work at, for the city, but um, the new city bike expansion is coming to Ooh. your neighborhood. And you guys let me park my bike there yesterday. Yes. Uh, so it was really nice. Uh, so yeah, you can bike there. It's pretty easy. Yeah, there's a station right up on Bedford and Empire. It's like one block a city from bike station. City bike station. Cool. Yeah, and I was actually on the board for city bikes to be in the neighborhood. It took them forever, but yeah, they're there did. now. So awesome. they finally are doing yes. the expansion. Yeah, ride your city bikes over. See if all the. I love all the options. Anyway, like, yeah. so I haven't. I'm not brave enough to bike. Rachel is just not only just learned to ride a bike this year, but she now bikes everywhere. Like it's amazing. Yeah. I'm a huge bus person. Yesterday. Also, I think everybody should just learn to knit because then bus and subway time are never wasted. You can always knit or crochet or whatever. I gotta find anyway. something to do on a bike that isn't just biking. Side <laughs> pop wheelies that you do. All the time. You gotta pay attention, Rachel. We do not. We want you to stay safe. Okay. <laughs> stay safe, Rachel. Go to islandislandbrewery.com and find out more. Cheers and ferment about it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.